Hello, and welcome to the Foster Youth Camp Podcast. This week, we have 4,271 campers and adults from 83 churches. In this service, our camp pastor, David Sons, taught on the lost sheep and coin from Luke. And during this message, there were 79 spiritual decisions, including 49 professions of faith. All right. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Yeah? Everybody good? Good Tuesday? Hey, if you've got your Bible, I hope that you do. Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to be. Luke chapter 15. I don't know whether you, when you were growing up, had a toy or a stuffed animal or a blanket maybe that you were attached to, but most kids early on in their life have something that they kind of develop this attachment to. And for my oldest son, he developed an attachment to something that was a little bit strange. It was a small black plastic sheep. It was like a little tyke's sheep. And he named it Ba, which I, you know, thought was apt. And he named this little sheep Ba. And he took Ba wherever he went, all right? And, and so at night, he wanted Ba to sleep in his crib with him. And so every night, my son would go to sleep with this little plastic sheep in his bed. But oftentimes, because he would take Ba with him everywhere that he would go throughout the day, and toddlers go a lot of places throughout the day, when it came time for us to put my son to bed, Ba was nowhere to be seen. And so my wife and I would start this just immediate search and rescue mission for Ba. And we would just start tearing up the house and the van and the car and try to think like anywhere my two-year-old had been, we've got to find this sheep because he could not go to sleep until he had Ba. And eventually when we would find Ba, either in a cabinet or in our shower or somewhere strange, there would be this just sigh of relief and rejoicing from my son and from my wife and I because Ba was safe. Something was lost, something was found, and there was much rejoicing. We talked last night as we began this section of the Gospel of Luke that Jesus in Luke chapter 15 tells three parables, and each of them have this same theme. Something was lost, Something is found, and there is much rejoicing. And last night we considered the audience that Jesus is telling these series of parables to. We see that the tax collectors and the sinners, the social outcasts, they had gathered around Jesus. And there also was the Pharisees and the scribes, those who were moral and upright, the teachers of the law. And we see that Jesus, in telling these three parables, has a message both for the unrighteous and for the self-righteous. You see, both of these people, both the Pharisees and the scribes and the tax collectors and the sinners, they seemed very different on the surface, but underneath, they were both headed for the same destination and eternity separated from God by sin. Some were rejecting God's offer of salvation and others were trying to earn it, but Jesus teaches that salvation cannot be rejected or earned, it can only be received. And that God was willing to give them what they were desperately searching for if they would turn to Him. And the same is true for you tonight. Whether you more identify with the sinners or with the scribes, God desires to give you a new heart and life in Jesus. And so it is to this crowd, the sinners and the scribes, that Jesus tells these three 
parables. Tonight we're going to look at the first two. So if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 3. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who do not need repentance. Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin I lost. I tell you in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that tonight as we study these two parables of Jesus, God, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to receive that which you have for us by your Spirit through your Word tonight. I pray that you would open hearts and eyes to see the beauty of Jesus. In his name we ask all these things. Amen. So we'll look at the first two parables tonight because they are both very similar. The parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And in order for us to understand what it is that Jesus is teaching here, I want to ask three questions as we begin. Here's the first question. Who or what was lost? Jesus tells two parables, and in each something is lost. Who or what was lost? Here's the second question. Who finds what is lost? Who or what is lost, and who finds what is lost? And third, what's the point of this parable? What is the point of of Jesus telling this parable? And I think if we can answer these three questions tonight, what we'll see together from this first two of the three parables that Jesus tells is that Jesus is doing something very intentional here. Jesus invites the crowd to join in the heavenly celebration over the salvation of sinners. That Jesus is extending an invitation to the crowd to join in the heavenly celebration over the salvation of sinners. But let's begin answering this question. Who or what was lost? In both stories, they both begin with something that is lost. We begin here in verse 4. Jesus says, what man among you who is a shepherd when you lo- has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open field and immediately go after the one until he finds it. Now, a man that had a hundred sheep, that is a considerable flock of sheep. And this was meant to communicate that this shepherd was well-to-do. But then one of his 100 sheep go missing. And you might think, well, it's not that big of a deal. He's got a hundred. He's got 99 more sheep. Why does it matter if one of them has wandered off? But this shepherd is a good shepherd. He is a faithful shepherd, and he cares for all of his sheep. And so he leaves the 99 in the open pasture, and he goes to find the one that is lost. Likewise, in the story of the woman with the ten coins, a woman has lost one of her ten drachmas. A drachmas at this time was a day's 
wage. And so 10 days wages wasn't a lot of money. So to lose one of those drachmas was a significant loss to this woman. And because the coin is valuable, the woman lights a lamp and she begins to search her house for this coin that is lost. Now, all of us probably at one time or another have lost something of significance, right? You, you've misplaced something that is important. You can't find something that you really need. I remember one of the most terrifying moments as a parent was when we lost one of our kids in a bookstore. He had just wandered down into another part of the store, but we didn't see him go. And I just remember that panic and that desperation that just sets in with something that is so valuable, something that is so important is lost. And when that happens, when you've lost something of great importance, you go and you search yourself. Like you take it upon yourself to go and to search. You don't call somebody else to go and do the searching. No, no, no. When you've lost something that means something to you, when you lost something of great value, you go yourself. And you see, Jesus is communicating something important to his first audience, and he's communicating something important to us tonight through the inspiration of his word. And it's something that oftentimes we'll probably miss. You see, because Jesus is telling this parable in a different time, in a different culture, in a different context. And this culture and context, they would have been much more familiar with the Old Testament than you and I are. When Jesus talks about the good shepherd who leaves the 99 and follows after the one sheep, he's actually referencing something that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would have understood out of the Old Testament. He's referencing a passage of Scripture in Ezekiel, the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 34, the Lord tells the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy against the leaders of Israel. And he calls them the shepherds of Israel. And in Ezekiel's prophecy, he is to tell the leaders of Israel that they have been unfaithful in leading God's sheep. That they were making themselves rich and righteous while the people they were supposed to be caring for suffered. And God tells Ezekiel that because the leaders of Israel have been unfaithful shepherds, that he, the God of Israel, will come, and he will be the one who rescues his sheep. Now at this time, as Jesus is telling this parable, who is considered to be the shepherds of Israel? Is it not the Pharisees, the religious? And what does Jesus refer to himself as in John chapter 10? He calls himself the good shepherd. And so here, as Jesus tells this parable, it is the fulfilling of what the Lord had said so long ago to the prophet Ezekiel. Now this parable would have been revolutionary in so many ways because it would have been revolutionary in the way that people saw how God dealt with sinners. You see, the Pharisees taught that God would welcome repentant sinners. That, that if a sinner, someone who was far from God, would repent, that God would welcome them. But Jesus is teaching something that goes far beyond that. You see, because Jesus likens himself to the shepherd in this story, and he's teaching that not only will God welcome back sinners who repent, but that God is pursuing sinners. 
He's pursuing them. He's seeking after them. Notice the shepherd in the story doesn't just stand at the edge of the pasture and wait on his sheep to return. No, the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. God is seeking out sinners. You see, Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, just a few chapters later, he gives voice to this expression of this idea he says in Luke chapter 19 verse 10 that the son of man came to seek and to save the lost Jesus says that his ministry assignment was not just to save but to seek and so Jesus doesn't wait passively by for you to find him but he actively seeks out those who are lost why Because just as the shepherd cared for the sheep and the coin was of great value to the woman, so Jesus cares for you. Because you are of great value to Him. If that's what was lost in each story, what is the response to the finding? Look with me at verses 5 and 6 and verse 9. The shepherd and the woman respond in the same way. When the shepherd finds his sheep and when the woman finds her coin, the response is the same. The first thing that they do is they rescue the sheep and rescue the coin. He says in verse 5, when he has found the sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Now, you know this. If you know anything about sheep, sheep are not smart animals. And the shepherd knows that if the sheep is left on its own in the wilderness, the sheep will most certainly perish. He will be picked off by predators. He will die of disease. The shepherd knows that the sheep stands no chance on its own in the wilderness. And so the shepherd, at great risk and great cost to himself, sets off to find the lost sheep. And when he finds the sheep, he picks it up and he puts it on his shoulders and he carries the sheep home. And as he is carrying the sheep home, as he has rescued the sheep, what is he doing? He's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. And the same is true for the woman. When she finds the coin, what does she do? She rescues it and she rejoices. Now we know here that Jesus is telling this parable and that the shepherd in the story is a stand-in for the Father. The shepherd in the story is God, the one who comes for his sheep. And he seeks and he finds his lost sheep and he rescues them from certain death. And as he does so, he rejoices over them. And if we're honest, when we think about the way that God saves us and the way that God relates to us as sinners and the way that God thinks about us as His sheep, as those who are His, we don't often think about the fact that God rejoices in our salvation. We don't often think that God delights in us. Most of us just think that God kind of tolerates us, right? Like He's just kind of like always low-key disappointed in us. And He welcomes us, you know, because He's God and He has to and stuff, but 
Why in the world would he rejoice over me? But you see, the Scriptures say that God rejoices over those whom He loves. Another one of the Old Testament prophets, Zephaniah, Zephaniah 3, 17. This is one of my favorite verses in the Scripture. I would commend it to you to commit it to memory. It says, The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in His love. And He will delight in you with singing. When the shepherd finds the sheep, he rescues and he rejoices. But not only that, the shepherd and the woman invite others to to rejoice with them. Look at what he says in verse 6. In coming home, he calls his friends together, saying to them, rejoice with me. Because I have found my lost sheep. You see, both the woman and the shepherd, when they find what was lost, they invite others to join their rejoicing. They want others to share in the good news. And this is something that that all of us do. Uh, C.S. Lewis, who is one of the great 20th century theologians, Uh, wrote a tremendous book called The Reflections on the Psalms. And in this book, he talks about praise and delight. And he says that we delight to pray 